what's for dinner? The question we all face. Hey everybody, it's Nina. I've been a chef for the past 12 years and I still lose all creativity when it comes to that question. Join me in exploring what some guests plan to cook for dinner. For our next guest, we have Sasha, co-founder of Olio. Sasha, welcome. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Sasha is actually all the way from Iowa. She's in London, but she's repping. Yeah, I grew up in Iowa, um, but I've been in London for 18 years now, which is crazy. A whole sort of adult human life's worth. Sasha, can you give us a little background about you? What inspired you to create your app? Yeah, sure. So for those who aren't aware, Olio is an app that connects people to give away surplus food and also now any household items. Um, basically, we're trying to solve the climate crisis by ending waste one share at a time with a special emphasis on food because that is really, really horrific for the environment when good food goes to waste. It's also just feels really wrong, especially when so many people are going without. And the the inspiration came when my best friend and co-founder was moving house and she found herself on moving day with food she thought she'd be able to pack, non-perishable food. But the people who were packing the boxes said absolutely no, no food, go throw it away. Um, and she grew up on a farm and knows how much work goes into growing and producing food. And she was not going to throw that food away. And so she went out on the streets and tried to find someone to give it to in the middle of winter with two small children. She was in Switzerland. It's not like she had a car. Anyway, it didn't work. And she ended up smuggling the food in her packing boxes anyway. And we were on the hunt for a new business idea that we could launch together around the concept of reducing waste and doing something to really make the world a better place. We are new moms and we were sort of really passionate about trying to do something. And so this was the light bulb moment, the aha, because obviously there would have been someone nearby who wanted that food, but there was just no efficient way to find them. And so that was the idea for Olio. But for me, it's really also comes back to the way I was raised. I was raised as the oldest of six kids in a household without a lot of money. And we salvaged things that other people threw away. We had a year round garage sale on my front porch. I mean, my mom was always hustling. She had a million sort of little ways of earning extra income to help make ends meet. And so it's like preventing waste is really hardwired into me. Olio, I highly recommend. I've been there. We are a military family. So we move every two or three years and it's always a hit or miss if the movers will allow even seasonings. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd be amazed how much food goes to waste. Forty percent of the food globally that is produced is never eaten, and about two thirds of that, like perfectly good food going to waste, takes place in our own homes. And it doesn't seem like a lot. It's a few bananas in the fruit bowl. It's a couple slices of pizza. It's half a birthday cake that you didn't get around to eating. But it adds up to more than 10% of global carbon emissions. So I'm really passionate about making sure that good food gets eaten. I mean, we can't afford, frankly, to just go around wasting water and land and and, and all the labor that goes into growing that food and then simply throw it in the, in the trash can. So, yeah, we just try and make it really easy and fun for people to give food away instead of throw it away. What a great mission. Right now we're doing about 5 million meals a month, actually. So it's it's quite it's quite considerable scale. Uh, we're not totally global yet, but here, at least in the United Kingdom, we're like giving, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are getting food every single month. I'm hoping we can help spread it at the United States, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, anyone can use it anywhere. We actually have, we have pockets of communities sort of all over the country. We only need a couple hundred people to be using the app for it to you know, sort of have enough people giving away and enough people requesting that then it works. Yeah, there's nothing to stop anyone from using it. It's the apps in Spanish and English. We've seen sharing take place successfully in 62 different countries in sort of micro communities all over the place. I love that. Thank you for what you're doing. You're mm -hmm. making an impact for our children's future. I hope so. That's the idea. Where do you get your food inspiration from in your own home? So I love to cook. I was born and raised vegetarian, so I've never eaten meat. My parents really were and are sort of hardcore hippies. So they actually started a natural foods company and I grew up in the natural foods industry. So everything I cook is very stereotypical granola-y type of food. I get my inspiration from, I love to go to like a Whole Foods or some beautiful market and browse everything and get inspired just by the visual display of fresh produce and all of the random ingredients that are in the shelves that I haven't cooked with yet. So like, I find that super fun. I also love going grocery shopping in new countries where I don't really know what like the local culture is from a food perspective. And of course, Instagram is fantastic. Like, you know, I follow lots of, I mainly eat vegan, so I follow lots of vegan food influencers or recipe developers. That's really addictive and super fun. But I feel really confident in the kitchen and I'm a sort of more is less kind of person. Like I really believe in like adding lots of different, lots of variety. And like for me, there's sort of always a challenge to sort of add more variety, like more ingredients, but keep the meal itself balanced. And that's a bit of a sort of like a personal challenge just because I believe in the health benefits from a gut biome perspective, et cetera, and eating a whole variety of different fresh fruits and vegetables and seeds and herbs and all of that kind of stuff. So you grew up being that as a, as a daughter growing up, how does it feel as a mother? Like, is it, does it come with its challenges too? Cause to me, I'm not a vegetarian. It's still difficult to find my child's taste. So my son is a pescatarian, which means he's a vegetarian, but he also eats fish fingers. Basically here in the UK, fish fingers would be like chicken nuggets in the US, they're just everywhere. And if you don't eat them, you it's sort of unavoidable, right? Every party, every lunch, it's the default option. You know, like breaded, crunchy stuff with ketchup, basically. My son is, it's funny. He's actually eats a lot of really healthy foods, but he tends to only eat them in the combinations in which I prepare them. So he'll eat, for example, like brown rice with black beans and carrot and pumpkin seeds and olive oil and salt and like that's like a dish that I can make in 10 minutes and he loves which is pretty healthy but if you went out to a restaurant like a Chinese restaurant and says pick something it's just no interest whatsoever right like I'll just have plain white rice please so the I've managed to make sure that he's got a few dozen different dishes that he likes that are varied and healthy another key thing is a juicer so if you put apple, lemon, and carrot, along with anything else you can think of in a juice, and then blend it with ice, it always tastes sweet and tangy. And you can put beetroot in there, spinach, broccoli stems, all different kinds of things you can sneak into a juice. And so that's a, that's a good trick. Do you have a dish that changed your life? You know, I was thinking about that, and I don't, I don't really have one that changed my life, but I do... The process of canning and canning 
It's something that has changed my sister's life and my mom's life. And I grew up with my mom always having a garden and all summer long we worked in the garden and she would can an entire pantry full of tomatoes and there's about 16 or 17 different salsas she makes, 20 different pickles, jams, all kinds of stuff. And she had a, a stall at the local farmer's market when I was growing up. And I used to also go around with her to different like community fairs and things like that across the state of Iowa growing up. And so that definitely influenced me in terms of seeing her as an entrepreneur. And I've become an entrepreneur. The Oleo is my second business. And I think that she really instilled that entrepreneurial spirit in me. But also I helped my sister a couple of years ago set up an Etsy shop. Because my mom in the end never stopped canning, but she did stop and she became sort of too physically unwell to go travel around. Especially during the pandemic, she sort of taught my sister how to all like the skill and the art of producing all of these handmade artisanal jam, salsas, pickles, et cetera, but they had no sales outlet. And so I set up an Etsy shop. We had like tens of thousands of jars. Okay. Like an insane amount of food. She's also was a hoarder. She recently passed away, bless her. But my sister has, I helped my sister who had no sort of entrepreneurial, like she didn't have the confidence to sort of set up her own little business. But now I set up a business for her called Iowa Made and set up the Etsy shop. She's actually sold out of almost everything now. And I got her onto the farmer's market circuits like every Saturday from May to September. And that's how she's supporting herself and her family and carrying on my mom's legacy. So that's a bit of a cheat answer, but it did, I think, watching my mom do all of that and take pride in all of that food production has really helped me to, I think, have the confidence to go and start my own business as well. Thank you for sharing. And what an inspiration to keep your mother's legacy alive. I just recently started a bread support group for learning how to make sourdough. Okay. The amount of things you can can, people oh, can yeah. bread. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I didn't I, know that either. <laughs> I was like, canned bread, if you look it up. On wow. Canned <laughs> bread is a thing. And... I believe you because they do can <laughs> absolutely everything. Oh, and, we, and they trade like we... um at my mom's estate sale in May, we actually were trying, we were selling things to people and people would come and someone was trading us like canned deer. And we're pretty much a vegetarian household, although my dad's not. So he took some and traded it for salsa. And it felt, I don't know, it just felt really wholesome and neighborly. But I was quite surprised to see canned, yeah, canned deer. It's sort of like the oleo cycle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I lived in Alaska and canned deer, canned seal oil, canned seal. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> wow. What is your favorite dish to make on your busiest day? Like, do you have a go-to meal? If I'm super busy, I will always make like a healthy version of nachos. I love nachos. I love Mexican food and you really don't get very much of it here. So I have to sort of make everything, my own salsa there's not really sour cream. So I've sort of learned to go without that. I have to bring in things from America in order to make guacamole the way I like it. Anyway, it's nachos. So they do have good tortilla chips here. And I almost always have homemade chili and in individual tubs in the freezer. And so I'll pull one of those out. Or if I don't have one, just use like pinto beans or black beans and cheese and lettuce. I like grated red cabbage. I like pickled red onions, fresh cilantro, 
guacamole. I mean, really anything you can put on that I can think of, I'll, I'll add to it. There's not okay. that much that can't go on nachos my way. You had me at there's no sour cream over there. <laughs> no. What? There's creme fraiche, which is sort of similar, but it doesn't have quite the same tang. You can go to a specialty place and get sour cream, but it's that would require, I don't know. My, one of my friends who's American really likes sour cream and she goes out of her way to find it. I'm, I'm not quite that passionate, but I do have it when I go to her house. Oh, that's so funny. That's so interesting because you said you've traveled and you're interested in seeing like what different grocery stores have. Have you seen like one that stood out to you? I mean, really... The first thing that came to mind was going to all of the markets and the open markets in Hong Kong, especially as a vegetarian. So it's not necessarily so appetizing. It is just a visual sensory overload. But talk about extreme differences between sort of Western and Eastern approaches to cooking and even just how they display and sell different ingredients. And it's just a good reminder that food is so cultural, right, in terms of what we like and what we don't like. A lot of times people say to me, oh, yeah, I can't believe you've never had meat. You know, don't you don't you want crave bacon uh, or something like that? And I'm, I'm like, well, over a billion people eat insects every day. If you're not an insect eater, like and I said to you, come on, you know, you want some crickets. You don't want what you've never had. And in fact, I'm actually not very disciplined about not eating things that I truly enjoy. So I'm not sure I would have necessarily arrived at being pretty much a vegan if I had to make sacrifice things that I enjoy, but yeah. So Hong Kong, that stick that came to mind. That's so fascinating. Thank you for sharing. I don't get to travel much. So it's so interesting to learn about people's Mm. experiences. Do you have any kitchen or meal hacks? Well, I do always have some variety of single serve portions of food in the freezer so that when I know I'm going to have a busy day because I work from home, and I don't, and I want something that's hot though, that I can pull out a chili or a stir fry or a noodle dish or whatever. And I can just let it defrost. And then at lunchtime, I can warm it up and have that and then add either fresh bread or fresh salad or whatever to make it feel like a meal. I do keep a, um, an eat me box in my fridge front and center. And I put things in there more for my husband and son so that you pulling out things from parts of the fridge before they go off that need to get eaten so that they're just visible in front and center because it is definitely out of sight is out of mind, which actually for me is something as well. So my kitchen counter has like 14 different sort of glass jars. So I've got coconut flakes and hemp seeds and raisins and all of these things that because they're out and invisible, then it reminds me to just sprinkle some on my food and incorporate them. Whereas if they're tucked away in a closed cupboard, I forget about them. It's just too easy to not, for me to not use them. So yeah, keep making things visible that you actually want to be eaten, batch cooking and freezing. Those are staples in terms of hacks, in terms of how I run my kitchen. And it is my kitchen. <laughs> I love that idea, especially as a mother. I have three boys. I'm going to make an eat me first box. Yeah, 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 exactly. What's for dinner tonight? I have the ingredients for, and we'll see if I have the motivation, because I just went and bought the Christmas tree, which you can see behind me. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take to get all the decorations and everything out. It's a bit early, I know, but it's full on Christmas here because there's no Thanksgiving. But I've got the ingredients for, uh, it's from the Deliciously Ella cookbook. She's um, 
one of my favorite recipe makers, I guess. It's an aubergine and lentil bolognese. So vegan, it's really simple, easy to cook. You dice the aubergines and then you roast them and they get all caramelized. And then you cook them with lentils and tomatoes and cumin and paprika. So it's like, it's a spiced, quite warming, wintry ragu. And it's one of those things that tastes better the next day as well. It's good on a baked potato or jacket potato as they call them here with cheese or just toasted like sourdough or steamed vegetables. Yeah, it's very versatile and it's a family pleaser. Sasha, can you let people know how to get Olio? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love it if people could visit our website, which is olioapp.com. Um, and of course, if you go to Google Play or the App Store, you just type in Olio, uh, O-L-I-O, you'll see the app there. It's free. And there's loads of stuff in there to do, not just with giving stuff away, but just around how to live a more sustainable lifestyle. And there's lots of recipes and recipe hacks and zero waste tips and things like that. So it'd be great to see you there. Thank you so much, Sasha, for joining us. Great. Thank you for having me on. This episode is brought to you by Advertly, your user-friendly advertising platform. Thanks for listening. Peace and chicken grease.